Welcome to the Smart Women in Business podcast with me, your host, Jane Mackay. We've got big ideas for small business. Hello and welcome to the Smart Women in Business blog and podcast. Today, it is my pleasure to be speaking with Danielle Price, founder of She Will Shine. With over 10 years small business experience, Danielle has created an Australia-wide network of female small business owners. In 2014, Danielle founded She Will Shine, a community to support and connect women in small business, of which I'm a member. Yay! An expert expert networker and elevator of female business owners, Danielle facilitates connection and support between like-minded women working towards a common goal of creating a successful business around personal responsibilities and life. Danielle's passion is sharing and giving a voice to the real stories of Australian women in small business. Welcome, Danielle. It is very, very good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you because I absolutely love your passion about sharing the stories of women in business in Australia. And that is like the whole raison d'etre of this podcast is to share the stories for all the women who are at every stage of business. That's what I think as well, Jane. I think we often hear about the big, big success stories but it's often the small ones that go under the radar that you can really connect with and identify with and kind of go, okay, well, if she can do it, then I can do it too. So I think it's so important. Yeah, yeah. And we see all the shiny Instagram and then we think, oh, why aren't I that successful? Why aren't I where she is? And it's like we need to know how all these people got to where they are because we'll all get to the shiny eventually, hopefully. But um yeah, it takes a while to get there in right. many, many cases. Yep. So tell me about your unique business journey, Danielle. So I am a graphic designer in my former life, which some people may not know, uh, which is vastly different to what I do now, which came with its own issues, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but um, So I'm a graphic designer by trade, um, working in advertising agencies and graphic design agencies you know, for what, I don't know, 15 odd years back in the day. And I decided that um, the crazy hours were over for me. I wanted to start a family. I thought this isn't going to work. So I decided to start my own small business as a graphic designer from home. And in that lovely small business, I met some amazing women because I didn't advertise. So basically all my work came through referrals Therefore, it was like my friends were talking to their friends. We all, you know, we're women. Yeah, we love we to have chat. a bit of a natter. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I was working with a lot of amazing women in business and I found that not only was the results amazing professionally, but on a personal level, we really were able to support each other because we completely understood our motives for running a small business, our passions, where we wanted our lives to go. It was kind of like a... Um, it was like an unspoken kind of connection that just was an instant, um, I guess, instant happening. Um, so through that, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I love working with women in business. I think they're great. And then it came to a day, uh, as a designer, I started doing web pages. Now we're going back, you know, 10, 15 years ago now. So I started to design web pages and I needed to work with a web developer. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm meeting all these amazing women in business as clients. Mm. I want to have this same relationship but be on the receiving end as the client as opposed to being the supplier. So I was looking for a lovely woman in business to help me 
And for the life of me, I couldn't find one. Um, I'd, you know, research on Google. Did Google back then? Yeah, Google was around. Social media, no, 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 no social media. Every time, in the design business, I had no social media. Imagine that, a business without socials. Well, because business pages didn't exist. Correct. I don't think Facebook existed then. Facebook, I think, was around 2007, but that was early adopters. Yeah, I hadn't hit our shores as a mainstream no. tool yet. So, yeah, pre, you know, it might have even been dial-up internet. Who knows? <laughs> oh, don't mind me. <laughs> but, um, yes, I struggled to find someone. I thought this is ridiculous, you know, because people at that time as well, there was no personal branding. So you'd find a web page and think, oh, maybe, but it was very faceless. Mm. Oh, the team, but you would never actually know who you'd be working with. Mm. And I thought, well, this is a bit silly. There could be someone living at the end of my street or five minutes away or half an hour away working from home similar to me and there's no way of actually finding each other. Mm. So I thought, I'm going to start a directory, you know, kind of like a Yellow Pages online, but purely for women in business and um, specialising in service-based businesses because I sort of thought, well, if you have a product at the time, there was Etsy, there was Made It, there was markets out there that you could kind of show your wares. Mm. But as a service-based business, it was really hard to kind of find somewhere before social media, obviously, to advertise who you were and let people find you other than your website. Mm. So I did that and that was all great and fabulous. But I still found people contacted me rather than contacting each other. So I was interesting. Yeah, it was a bit like a meat in the sandwich, I guess, because you know you have to educate your um, your audience how to utilize the platform. Mm. Without social media, it was very hard to you know teach people and share things and all that kind of stuff. So people still contacted me, and I was like, oh, that's really not how it's supposed to work. You're supposed to contact each other. I don't have to be involved in this process. Humans, <laughs> man, we are so weird. <laughs> you know, if you do it, they will come and they came, but they came to me, not to the website as such. So um, I thought, you know what I'm going to do, Jane? I'm going to run an event. So I thought if I run an event, because I can't possibly talk to all these women at the same time, there's no, there's no way. And I thought then they have to speak to each other. And that's what I did. And it was amazing and fabulous and short story, you know, fast forward quite a while. <laughs> and I two, two. Decided, Where are we now? NBN time. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking. We're right. Social media is rad. Um, yeah, but I thought, okay, I love this more than the design business. And I went whole hog, rebranded. We still have a directory on our website, but it's not the main focus of our community, as you know. Yeah. Um, started running workshops, more events. And here we are today. Here we are. In yes. the age of super fast internet. And social media. And social media. <laughs> I'm forgetting about social media. Have you watched The Social Dilemma? Yes. Has that yes. changed how you feel about social media? Yes. But then, like, here's a funny thing, right? I'm like, yes, Facebook, how dare you? And then on the weekend, I sold some things through BuySwap Sale, and I'm like, oh, Facebook is awesome. <laughs> See, it was weird because as someone who's worked in digital, so I've worked in digital, I got my master's in comms and media in 2002, I think. Yeah. I had to build a website back then in HTML. That's how old I am. Yes, I remember those days. Um, and Facebook didn't exist. But as someone who's worked in digital all that time, this is stuff we know as people who work in digital, we know that we're basically handing over all our data to these people. 
these organisations, which we then use to our advantage as business owners to target in Facebook advertising. So it was interesting to watch and, and understand it at that level. But I wasn't that outraged. I was like, yeah, it's a tool. Yeah. And it's the classic thing of if, if, you know, if you're not buying the product, you are the product. And that's really interesting. But since Facebook went to that pay to play, pushing everyone to advertise, it's unfortunately them's the breaks. Yeah. It's interesting because I was kind of torn because I was kind of like, oh, I see what they're saying, but gosh, their targeted <laughs> advertising is good and it helps so me. Effective. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those, I guess. The thing is that people, people that aren't aware, I guess people who yeah. aren't working in that space that aren't aware of what they're, you know, what data they're taking from them, yeah, where it gets scary. So at least yeah, we have that knowledge. Yeah. And, and no one's ever going to read the T's and C's. That's right. Who but it's interesting to, to, to have that, to, to see it as the conversation of how being on social affects your mood. And we know this. We know this from being on social affects your mood. So... Now, when things are challenging in my home life, um, we've—I've got you know—but I've got two kids with a chronic condition. So, when everything's hitting the fan, I just go, you know, I'm just going to stepping away, just minimising digital time, and I find that helps my mental space. Anyway, that's another tangent. We knew this is how the conversation was going to go. If you get Danny and I, Danielle and I together, so bound to happen. It was always going to happen. So. I always ask the same questions. With 2021, I'm open for suggestions for new questions, but these seem to work. I like these questions. Anyway, so how has your business evolved over the last few years? So you, went, you said you went into events. What were the big signs for change, that it was time to change for you? Because we sort of go along in our business and then we go, oh, hang on, let's shake things up a bit. Yeah, 2020 has been everyone's big sign. <laughs> yeah, gosh, it change. has. Yes, it has. We haven't had a choice. That's the problem. No. Um, I guess for me, it was it was like stepping stones of the business. You know, when you kind of get to a point um, in the business where you kind of want a bit more, mm. and then you want a bit more, and then you want a bit more. So your goals kind of get a bit bigger. Your dreams get a bit bigger, and. It's also, I don't know, I think it's a development thing because as humans, we always want to, we want to learn more. We want to do more. We kind of want to keep progressing. Um, so I think it's a combination of that as well as a combination of what was happening within our community. Mm. And I think one thing that works particularly well in She Will Shine is because I feel like I'm exactly like the members. Like I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm 100 um, steps beyond everybody else. I feel like we kind of go through these transformations and these learnings together. So I think that's helped um, immensely with what we do at She Will Shine. But also things that kind of happened um, at one point, we had a co-working space and we were the, off, the first female co-working space in Melbourne. And that purely became um, something because I started out, I took out an office space that had a big long table. Mm. And when I was running a workshop or something, I would say, oh, well, you're already out of the house. If you want to stay and work for the day, feel free to. So mm. it's kind of an organic progression as well. Um, but I think particularly in the last, I'd say maybe 24 months, two years, sort of pre-COVID, I was really lucky because I was at a point where I was like, okay, we're Melbourne-based and we had a few women scattered regionally. But I was at the point where I was like, I want to take this further. I want to grow this bigger. How do I do that? Um, so 
I took a lot of things online pre-COVID. So yeah, it was. So I didn't have to kind of, I didn't feel like there was a mad scramble during Mm. COVID to get all our, you know, um, systems and processes and things kind of working because we had that already set up. So Mm. I feel quite fortunate that that happened prior to COVID. And so I feel that um, our members, for one, were already used to that sort of platform for us, like using Zoom and online things that we had going on. Um, But also I was comfortable with that. It wasn't a huge kind of learning um, and it wasn't a huge challenge, I guess, for the technology aspect. For me, the challenge was more seeing what the community needed at that time. And so we put on, as you know, we put on extra catch-ups and things that kind of people were able to connect more and sort of just checking in more about how you're going, how's this week going. And, you know, what's so beautiful about the Shuoshan community is as well, everyone is so honest and open. So if you're not having a good day, then you can say, oh, I'm having a really beep day. You know, whatever it is. Um, Yeah, so it was really amazing that we already had these platforms in place for women to be able to... um, utilize them when they really needed it and that was a big um appeal for me as someone who's regional to join she will shine because um there's lots of networking things but they're in-person events which if you're regional you're not going to drive 400 k's fork out for accommodation to attend one event as fun as that would be because you lose two days out of the office whereas i'm like hey this is zoom and i get to meet people and I've made friends through it, even just the couple of meetups I've attended because I haven't been a member for long. And um, it's been really great for me because I've met new people and I actually genuinely feel like I'm at a networking event full of yeah. really nice, beautiful, like-minded women who, as you say, are honest. So that was really, really nice for me. It's given a whole new aspect to COVID for my business and given me a, a, a network, which I didn't have previously. So thank you. Yeah. Thank oh, you for that. Space. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I, th- I think that the thing is kind of like, well, we all, regardless of industry, regardless of location, as a woman in business, there are certain challenges that we all go through. Mm. And it might be for your location, you can't get, you know, you can't spend two days out of the office, et cetera, et cetera. Or it might be that someone's got commitments at home that they literally can't leave the house for, or they need to go pick something up at a certain time. Mm. But it's such a beautiful way of bringing everyone together. And, like, location is so independent of that connection when you're there in that room. It yeah. is. It's really different. And I think people have really embraced that this year because we've been forced to. But then it's forced some people into that digital space who resisted it and now learning that you can form these really genuine connections online. Because most of my business, I don't meet most of my clients. Most of my client meetings are like this. Even, even with local clients, I don't meet a lot of them. We do everything by digital um, because it's such a time saver and it's better for the planet, technically. So I know that you have two small children, as I do, and many people in the Shibushan community and the women in business out there do. So how do you manage your life as an entrepreneur with all the other myriad things that are expected of us? Well, if you had to ask me pre-COVID, I would say I've got it all sorted. <laughs> Then COVID came and we're still kind of finding our feet a little bit, I think, uh, you know, we're now in Melbourne coming out of lockdown. Um, 
I still want to thank God for that. And no masks outside. Oh, my gosh, WH. I set the face free yesterday. I was like, oh. It's amazing, isn't it? I was in the office all day yesterday, so I haven't experienced going out without a mask. So I'm looking forward to that. I went to Taekwondo. Let everyone see my face. I didn't go into Taekwondo. I just sat in the car, but, you know, <laughs> I was out of the house. That I counts. I walk around for a bit. It all counts. <laughs> it all counts. Yeah. But, um, so pre like I'm pretty pretty um, strict on my boundaries and mm. I haven't always been that way, but I've kind of found it's the only way that I can have the headspace to kind of turn business owner off and turn mum on and, you know, all the different modes and all the different hats that we have to wear. Yeah. So um, I work at home. I have a she shed, as you know, Jane. So jealous go. of Danielle's inspirational <laughs> she shed. It is beautiful. I do love my she shed, but it is only approximately, I'm looking at the window now, maybe three or four metres from my back door. All right. <laughs> So it's not very far from my back door. I'm in suburban Melbourne. Um, so for me, it was really important that when the kids are home, I'm not working. Even though I might be out in the office, I like to know that when I'm in the office, I'm working and I'm not, you know, not dealing with whatever's going on. Um, with COVID, it has obviously changed a lot. But I'm slowly trying to get back to that point because I just find we have, you know, there's so much going on in our mental, in our heads. Mm. We're just constantly thinking about, okay, we've got to worry about dinner. We've got to worry about this, blah, 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 with work. And it's like, I just need to have that split. And like, I no longer, I should say, I wasn't working on the couch <laughs> after, you know, after dinner, after the kids were in bed. I do that now sporadically, but it's like working back to the getting that boundary set that, mm. you know, at night time, that's it. It's part of the down. reason I don't have a laptop. Yeah. I'm not portable. That's great. That yeah. is one of my boundaries because otherwise I get sucked in and I would never stop. Yeah. Because there's always, when you work for yourself, there's always something else to do. Yeah. I know there's no, there's no point where you go, I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing. Well, if you do, then it's panic. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do? I've got to make sales, I've got to make sales. And it just never ends. And yeah. I mean, I have had stages where... I worked every single day, no weekends. I think there was one year where I didn't have a weekend off between June and October. And that's just a recipe for burnout. And you need to have boundaries because otherwise your clients don't know where that time starts and finishes with you either. And if someone texts me at seven o'clock on a Friday night, I will get back to them at 8.30 on a Monday when I'm back in the office. And they can't, you got to make sure that people know that they can't have that expectation. Yep. of you on demand because that is a sure recipe for burnout and it's exactly. not a nice feeling. Exactly. Yeah, I don't work weekends. Um, you know, I try to keep what I can, what I can control, mm. I try to separate between the, you know, home life and work life. Yeah. Because it's just too hard. And I think, um, so at one stage I was running the two businesses, the design business with the directory at the same time. And I was all over the shot. I had two kids at that stage. I had, my second one was just born and she didn't sleep for me during the day like my first child did. Mm. And so suddenly I wasn't a happy camper in the middle of the day when I used to have my three hours to work. Yeah. I used to have the swing outside the study door, that electronic swing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. son oh. spent the first 11 months of his life in that, I reckon, or however <laughs> long they are in that thing. I can't remember babies anymore, but, yeah, whatever. But you do what you've got to do. Yeah. yeah. But, there was a, but there was a point when I was doing that, you know, two kids, 
two businesses and I was like, I can't, I can't keep going. I was just all over the place. I just felt like I was rushing everywhere I go. And I guess that's one thing that's come out of COVID still. It's like now as my diary is starting to fill up again, I'm like, I don't want to go back to how it was. I want to kind of find a new a new, new way of me. Yes, a new normal where, okay, yes, we have things on, but we don't need to fill up our calendars like we were. No, it's not back to back. And it doesn't, and I'm, I've actually, I went through a mentoring program earlier this year and, and what came out of it for me was one of the most, there's a tipping point in a business where you go from money being the most valuable thing to your time. And that tipping point is the, 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 flip that's the switch that flips when you suddenly need to go oh my god I need an outsourcing strategy and I needed one two months ago so outsourcing I think is something you need to start looking at from the very beginning of business and so I actually now block out Mondays and Fridays no meetings so I can either work on my business or just completely focus on the projects that need to be finished, especially on a Friday, without going in and out of projects because it's a really inefficient way to work. And I just would, like last Friday, I wrote something like 3,500 words of copy on a topic I'm not familiar with. I just sat and I wrote, turn the phone off, no emails, boom, done. Yeah. And it's a real gift to give yourself as a business owner time. Yeah, it's really interesting because I'm finding, obviously my husband's working from home and I get so jealous because he just has, you know, he's focused on his work and that's it. And during COVID, I was like, you know, focused on work, home learning, cooking dinner, all that stuff. Exactly. And I was just like so jealous because I'm planning your supermarket trips. That was hard. Yes. Yeah. Online shopping was our go-to. But, you know, again. We don't have it out here. I've seen no doubt. (laughs) We don't have, I said to someone the other day, I've never had Uber Eats. And they're like, what? I've been in one Uber in my life. <laughs> like, I haven't been in that many though. Mm. Like I do, I do, but it's there if I need it. Yeah, but so we I don't go out because we're mums of Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we go to online meetups and drink cocktails and go, oh, I'm living my best life. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my that's gosh. That's the truth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look forward to this, all you women in business that, are planning on having children so <laughs> <laughs> tell you it like it is don't uh, sugarcoat it yeah not going to sugarcoat it uh yeah school holidays school holidays how do you manage school holidays danielle i have a mother who lives a few streets away and she's a, a blessing let me tell you so um i will take the kids so just say what maybe three days a week, they'll go there or two days a week. Wow. Depending on what I have on, I try yeah. and limit my work days to like two days. Yeah, especially over so, summer. Oh, gosh, exactly. So I can spend the majority of the time with them and, you know, not that we do much, but, you know, whatever it is, activities yeah. we have planned. But, um, yeah, I do have a babysitter who's yeah. very willing to, yeah. um, to spoil the grandchildren when I need her to. Yeah, my, my kids go to my mum's because my mum's in the area and so is my sister. We all moved down here within, well, my mum moved down in 2002 because we're all Melbourne raised. Ah, yes. And then we moved in 2009 and the year to the day later, my sister moved down from Sydney. So I've got all my family, well, my immediate family lovely? now. Yes. So my kids are with my mum one day a week and my sister and I share care. So I've got all four here one day and she's got all four uh, oh, on another day. perfectly. It, do, it works well. And they're all really close in age and it's very... Yeah. 
But I, I honestly do not know how women with full-time jobs do it. I really don't. No. The and even women. Yeah. So women with businesses that don't have that, you know, school-aged children that don't have the flexibility that we have, um, I don't think I could do what I do if my mum wasn't able to help with the kids because my husband's got a full-time job. I think we yeah. would. I think, you know, we've all had little bits along the way where we're kind of like burnt <laughs> out. On the edge. Yeah. yeah. But um, I really take my hat off to single mums and oh, to yeah. people who don't have care close by. Yeah. I, that would be such a struggle, such a struggle. And, yeah, I take my hat off to anyone, any parent who is doing it all, all the time. It's incredible, incredibly yeah. hard work. Oh, anyway. What does a great day in the office look like for you? And it better be it ends with a she will shine catch up where we drink cocktails. Yes. So it ends <laughs> on a Friday. Oh, last Friday was a good one. I missed um, it. I know you missed it. But I got it. So obviously activities have started up again. But I got out of swimming lessons, taking my daughter to swimming lessons because, sorry, I've got drinks with the shiners. That Hi. was the best. Yeah. But um, <laughs> generally speaking, a great day is when I've got my list of three things that I need to do for the day and I bang them out, no interruptions. But I don't know, my work, like my role within She Was Shine is so varied. I kind of find, you know how you said you sort of banged out that, that three and a half thousand words. That's how it used to be when I was working as a graphic designer, but now I kind of find there's, there's so many things that... Mm more smaller project based if that makes any sense yes yeah. i've got a list I, I was too scared to number it this morning to be honest of 10 minute jobs i reckon just yeah, yeah. and this thing i guess i think now i work more jobs for the week as opposed to jobs for the day mm. because then i can kind of see okay what needs doing and when is the most effective time to do it does that make mm. sense? As opposed mm. to sort of saying, okay, this, this and this, because my days are so varied, it's kind of like, okay, well, I'll tackle that first and then what have I got? Okay, well, I'll try and fit this one in now. And I kind of, it's like a, it's like a puzzle, you know, but the time that I have available and the jobs that need doing, I kind of piece together, which may not be the most efficient, to be honest, but that's how it works for me. That's how your brain works. I yeah. just like to knock off a few things so I can tick. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Tick and cross out. Oh, I don't cross out because I need to be able to read it again. No, I, could, I do the whole ruler thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get very emotional about <laughs> ticking the Emotion, touch the tick. Um, so what tools then do you use <laughs> for your life in business? Are you a – because I'm a I'm – a, that's my collection of notebooks. They're festive. No, Danielle and I are festive, by the way. Well, I have one notebook. I'm Mama L. Yeah. Oh, yes, hang on. There's our little Yeah, yeah, we got, we're Christmas yeah, special. Hang on. There we go. How good's that? There. So I know Mama Elf over there. Love yeah, it. Mama Elf. Love a bit of sparkle. <laughs> I went out and asked my nine-year-old. I'm going to add my gold stars because that can be oh, yeah, yeah, well in the background. I went out and asked my nine-year-old and she sort of blushed. So I think I embarrassed yeah. her. But at the same time, she went, oh, you look really pretty, Mum. I went, oh, thanks. <laughs> and she's like, please don't let me be seen in public with you. It's okay. So, I'm um, sorry. Yes. What no. tools? Tools. Paper diary? Uh, tools. Okay, so I have, I am an old school paper diary. Here we go. Paper diary. Oh. Have to have a paper diary. And then I have one notebook. Hang on, I'm going to show you all my bits and bobs now because it's just here. 
Yeah. Then I have one notebook. Yeah. And that has everything. Can you see all that? All my oh, bits yeah, and stuff yeah. in there. And that's it because if I have too many bits, I lose. Of course, it's colour coded. Oh, she was shine esque. Um, <laughs> I, I find if I have too many things like that, I lose them mm. and I don't want to lose them. I want them to be all in one thing together. Um, so that's probably like, what do you call it? Solid, real, real, real actual things. Online, um, I have lots of things automated. And I've worked with a lovely VA to get systems and processes automated to save me forever. Um, and we use Asana for communication and things like that, project things that we work together on. Um, what else do I do? I think that's really it. I kind of try to keep things minimal. Mm. I don't schedule for social media. It's a bad That's why my social is so past, like, quiet at the moment because I'm just, just so... Oh, well, it'll get done. When it gets done. I don't think that's. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think we need to focus on things when we need to focus on them. If that makes sense. That's I know we need to have consistency. You strike and, me you know, as a scheduler. I don't leave it for one end. Hmm. You strike me as a scheduler of social. I know because I found the pressure of scheduling. You know what I do do? I have a list at the start of the week of what I want to put on socials. Yeah. So I know what I need to put out there. I just haven't got them prepared. But it's like, okay, these are the things that are kind of um, current, what's yeah, going on, yeah. things that have been happening. And then I, um, when I need to post, so, okay, yeah, I've got what I've got to do. And I've had, I, you know, I have outsourced um, social media before and it worked good, but I also like being really um, hands-on and I like conversations mm. and all that sort of thing. So that's one thing that I actually like, that aspect of socials. But, um, yes, yeah, so I have my point. list and it's like, as I run for the week, okay, it's time. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's the exactly right. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's yeah. what I think. So some people's scheduling works great for and good on them, but I that's to, just not. I, don't know, I, I feel, was putting more pressure. It was so funny. I put more pressure on myself to do it. Yeah. Whereas at the moment I'm like, oh, I haven't posted on social since Friday. That's okay. I've got stories. Um. Yeah, I feel a lot of pressure to post on social too. Maybe yeah. it's because we work in this space. I don't know. Because I'm like, oh, my God. I used to actually now. I've completely let it go at the moment. I'm just, I'm just plodding through to the end of the year at this point. Plodding through. Yeah. I'm just doing what needs to be done. Well, that's the thing as well. My business is not going to fall apart because I don't post you've on had, Gosh, you've had a help. Oh, Yeah. It's been 358 right. days. Since but you've had, like, you know, we've all had COVID. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. what Because you've had a hell of a year. Yeah. Where you live in the bushfires. So it's like, so how much pressure do you really need to put on yourself mm. for things that aren't essential right now? Yeah. And I kind of think mental well-being, you know, you've got to weigh up what, what the 100%. options are, what you've got going on right now and sort of focus on what's Just show important. up where you need to yeah. show up, I reckon, in the last month of the year, which effectively we're in. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. yeah. And the thing, I kind of feel that, you know, within our um, Facebook group that we have for our community, that's, that's higher on my list than my social media. So it's mm. kind of like, you know, you show up where you need to show up mm. and Be where you clients. need to show up. Yeah. And that's it. I don't leave my socials for weeks and weeks on end. But if I miss a couple of days, it's not the end of the world. No. And that's not actually going one of the primary drivers of my business, getting clients, 
making sales, customer satisfaction. That's not what the where that is. That's not on Facebook or Instagram. That's in the conversations yeah, that I'm right. having. Yeah. So, all right. So that's exactly right. Yeah. So um, one of the things that affects most entrepreneurs, and I always bring up because I think it's something that we don't talk about enough, is imposter syndrome. Um, so what are your methods to overcome this and how do you respond to the bad days in business? Because we all have our different little ways and means. Um, so for me, imposter syndrome, I guess the biggest time I've experienced that, the biggest time I've experienced that is going from graphic designer, as I mentioned earlier, this is what I said, so I put up a whole another can of worms. So actually changing my profession and feeling that I'm not good enough to do what I do, like that, that has been an ongoing thing that I've struggled with for a very long time. I've kind of let that go, I think, maybe the last two years or so, but, you know, She'll Shine is now six years old, so it's, it has carried through for a number of years. But for me, I kind of, you know, we all have our bad days. And I kind of have found that the best way is to just sort of recognise the feeling and know that it's there, but just to sit with it because I tell you what, every single time within 24 hours or 48 hours, something comes back and you're like back up on that roller coaster. Yeah. So it's such a up and down in that, um, you know, feeling of not being good enough. But it's also, you know, um, surrounding yourself with people who, honest with you and who you can trust and so it's not someone who's just going to say oh you're fine you're fabulous you'll be right Dale." it's not like that it's kind of really having conversations with people who get it and who understand where you are and it's not even them saying you know you'll be right Dale." it's kind of them just listening and so mm. you have that that safe you know as we have at Shilshani you have that safe secure space where you recognize the feelings but I'm also really highly motivated, Jane, to do better and always, you know, increase everything, make everything better and, um, you know, connecting and supporting women and what can I do now to do that and how can I improve this and all that. So I think because of that motivation, it's also helped me to kind of push through it to a degree mm. um, because it feels like, well, if I'm not going to do it, it's not going to get done. So I can sit here and feel sorry for myself and wallow in my own self-pity of how I'm not smart enough, not good enough, not pretty enough and blah, blah, blah. Don't have X amount of followers and all that sort of crap. Um, but if I do that, the job's not going to get done. And I, I'm really highly motivated to get the job done. So I think that has also helped me progress when those days do get, you know, when she gets the fan, so to speak. <laughs> she gets the fan. Um, <laughs> Good times, those ones. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because this this theme of self-motivation and always pushing to be different or better or, or evolve our businesses is a really interesting one. I don't, I mean, I don't know whether people who don't work for themselves understand the depths to which a lot of entrepreneurs feel that. I'm never staying still in my business. I'm always moving forward. Yeah. So, and I think that that's a really, that's, that's a really big, interesting. Mm, go. Well, I think it's like, I used to go into, I love, I love reading. <laughs> and so I used to go into the bookshops, you know, pre, pre running my own business. And I'd see the wall of self-development books, you know, as you walk in, there's all the different themes or whatever. And I'd go, Oh, what a load of, you know, what, Bullshit. you know, what a waste of money <laughs> kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. 
And now it's the first place I go to. So I think being a business owner has, you know, unknown to me when I first started out, but it has brought with it so much self-development because you really do have to look within yourself and say, well, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm passionate about. Mm. What do I need to get there? And often, you know, often each of those steps involves some sort of fear factor, some sort of imposter syndrome, some sort of um, challenge that if you weren't in your business, you would never have faced that. Mm. And I think that's been one thing that has really surprised me earlier on um, in my business. Now I think because, you know, like I said, I've built this community and the women within the community, we're all growing, growing and going through this together. So I think that's a really beautiful and unique thing about our community because we can share that with each other and we don't, as we say, we don't sugarcoat it. We just say it like it is. And um, I think just those conversations help because you don't feel so alone because especially working from home, working on your own, you're isolated physically, but you can Mm. also be isolated mentally from everybody else. Mm. So just having somewhere where either you can go and say, oh, my God, I just feel like I'm not good enough. I don't know if I can do this. And someone else says, I feel that too. And it's not even them trying to make you feel better and say, well, you're amazing and you can do this and blah, blah, blah. It's them saying, I hear you and I understand. And I think just that um, recognition of this is actually um, a real feeling and we're allowed to feel that way is, um, is really important as well. It's interesting because usually after this question I say, how do you maintain your sense of community? But I don't need to ask that question with you because (laughs) that's exactly what your whole business is about, is about community. But it's interesting because there is no judgment in the community that I've ever experienced. There is no... People aren't going to try and fix you if you say you've got a problem. They'll try and help you. But as you say, they'll listen and they'll acknowledge and say, yeah, this is real. You're experiencing this. But they're not going to go, okay, how we just, they just listen. And that's the sign generally of a, of a good friend. Yeah. That's what you look for in a good friend. I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen. So you talked yeah. about your why and your motivation. Right. What is your ongoing motivation? What's your big vision? Um, well, I think... Putting it in a nutshell, I think being a woman in business is bloody hard work. Mm. And I just think if we can lean in on each other and we have that support network around us, it makes it that little bit easier. Mm. And therefore, we're able to go that little bit further. So that's kind of, that's the underlying vision for everything. Um, Big vision, big picture. Obviously, we're growing into state right now, which is really amazing and regionally as well. As, as you are a member, um, but also, you know, really reaching more rural areas would be amazing as well. So just focusing on um, deep connection though, like we're not growing too quickly. I feel that the, the, um, the speed of which we are kind of getting into those areas is working quite well for us because we do have time to introduce people into the group, as you know, and get to know people before we kind of go the next step and then the next step and then the next step. But, um, yes, definitely Australia-wide is, is the big picture. But really focusing on, I don't want to get there too quickly because I want to really um, engage everyone within the community and bring everyone in the community together 
because I think we've succeeded um, with that so far and it's, it's the, that's the essential, that's, that's the crux of what we do. It's those true connections and those genuine connections and conversations that happen um, that makes it so special. Beautiful. So what are your tips for all the smart women in business in Australia and across the world? Um, this is a hard one. When you say across the world, I'm like, whoa, pressure. <laughs> but I think, I just think be true. <laughs> um, I just think be true to yourself. And like, you know, I've said imposter syndrome, but things like, you know, com- comparisonitis is huge. And I think being able to focus on what your vision is, and, you know, my vision has always been to connect and support women in business. Mm-hmm. And staying true to that regardless of what you know there's opportunities that arise there's opportunities that you create I think you need to ensure ensure that everything that you do aligns with that with that core vision and core purpose um you know there might be a shiny object over there but if it's not right for you then that's not something you always need to pursue so I kind of think staying true to your purpose will help especially when those you know because gosh it can be tempting to do certain things but I think staying true to who you are and how also you want to run your business mm. and your purpose is probably the biggest tip that I would say. Um, and I don't think that should stop you from trying different things. I think like the co-working space for us, we tried it. It didn't work for us. Um, we moved on. You know, there was lots of fear around, you know, sort of saying, oh, that's, it didn't work. People will know it's a failure or things like that kind of arose at the time. But it's like, well, is that aligning to our purpose? Like, well, do you kind of at the start, but not so much when it's taking the focus away from what our core, core business, um, our core community wants. Mm. So I think it's, yeah. So I think it's really staying true to that and remembering what that is when those other opportunities arise. It's interesting you talk about failure. We treat failure as such a bad thing. But if you have not failed, you're not trying hard enough. You're not taking enough risks. Everybody in business fails. Everybody. And we need to reframe failure. That's right. We don't talk about it. No, we don't. It doesn't exist. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I went through a lot of that around that time and I was really embarrassed about it. And um, I received a lot of PR about female co-working and all that sort of, you know, the shiny stuff that comes with all that sort of thing. Um, But ever since I closed the doors on co-working, our community has grown and it's grown aligned with everything that we stand for and everything that I stand for. So it's like, well, you know, three years later, I can look back and go, it's the best decision I've ever made. Yeah. Not a failure. As it turns out, just felt like failure at the time, but failure is not actually a really bad thing. Yep. So, all right. Well, this has been an amazing conversation, Danielle. That's right. So many learnings. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, you're still slightly on delay, which is why we're a bit to and fro, you and I. Um, How can everybody listening and watching find out more about you and your business, She Will Shine? Yeah, well, the best place to take a look is our website, shewillshine.com.au. But we also are on socials. I may be away for a day or two, as we said earlier (laughs) on in the conversation, but it's just at shewillshine.com.au. So... (laughs) And Danielle shares a lot of interesting things. It's so very easy to find us. and um, It's all right. We're on delay. I think I do share a lot of good things. <laughs> yeah. So 
we're like well we're on delay um thank you so much for your time today danielle i'll share all your links in the show notes so people will find you and i look forward to seeing you around the community awesome thank you so much for having me you're welcome i'll see you soon You've been listening to the Smart Women in Business podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe.